0: Welcome to the Able Speaks Podcast, where we speak to commonly asked questions by parents who have received a life-limiting diagnosis for their child. We're Daniel and Kelly Crawford, and we're glad that you've joined us. Okay, uh, welcome to the Able Speaks Podcast. This is going to be a unique episode. Uh, If you've been tuning in with us previous, or if you're brand new, uh, this podcast really exists as an archive of commonly asked questions, where we are speaking to parents who have chosen to carry a child with a life-limiting diagnosis and navigating what that journey looks like. Um, A part of that journey oftentimes is encountering the uh, decision around uh, what is often presented from, at least up to this point uh, in our nation's recent history, from a medical provider as considering terminating or aborting the pregnancy after you have received a diagnosis of uh, this sort for your child that indicates that, that your time with them might be Short and so uh, that's what we really exist to do, and what this podcast exists, and who who we're talking to, and yet in this current cultural moment, where after nearly five decades, the federal law of the land was such um, that abortion, you know, has been framed as a you know a freedom, a, a women's right to choose, and uh, specifically if you're uh, a person of faith. And you're thinking, okay, how do I think through this conversation, the the culture and the conversations that I'm seeing online, the voices are, are so loud and coming from both directions. Um, what should I think? And so I'll, I'll try and simplify all that with just the question of, okay, Roe versus Wade uh, has just been overturned. Now what? And so we're joined again uh, by our friend Todd Wagner, uh, pastor for 22 years at Watermark Church, and somebody who has just led extraordinarily well in helping Christians process uh, this conversation around abortion and uh, being pro-life, and what does that even mean, and uh, being pro-choice, and what does that even mean? And so uh, to the people out there that are now wondering, hey, what is my next step of faithfulness? Okay, now there's this legal decision that's come down. Uh, What does that mean, and what does that not mean? And as uh, a person who seeks to walk with and honor the Lord, uh, how should I be feeling about it right now? So there's a nice, simple question for you, Todd.
1: (laughs) So first of all, let's just talk about what happens when Roe v. Wade is overturned is it doesn't make abortion illegal. What it does is it throws it back to where it should have been in the very first place. In 1973, what happened was almost, uh, the injustice was that Through an activist judiciary, they made a decision that states could not make laws, that legislators who hadn't made laws related to this issue could not make laws as to whether or not um, abortion was going to be something that our society allowed, encouraged, and facilitated. And so what, what's happening with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which needed to be overturned because it was bad laws, bad legal precedent. We have separation of powers in our country for a reason. And the legislat- legislative branch is made to legislate. And uh, they are the ones who create law. Now, it's the job of justices to determine uh, whether or not the laws that were made are consistent with our Constitution, which talks about giving people certain inalienable rights. And so now we get to the question, does a woman have a right to choose? All right. And should our legislators, whether our states or our local or our federal government, make decisions about a woman's right to choose? And I would just say, well, choose what? What clothes she wears? Who she marries? All right. Uh, what her favorite movie or band is? Well, absolutely. Does a woman have a right to choose to terminate the life of another person? I don't think so. Okay. Um, you know, her body, her choice. That's right. But we have to understand that child inside of the woman is not her body. It is not a cyst. It's not a clump of her cells. It's a separate individual with unique DNA that that child is dependent upon that mother for life. But so is a two month old dependent upon that mother or that father for life. So all Roe v. Wade is doing is pushing this back to, um, legislators that will then make a decision as to whether or not they want to facilitate, um, Uh, the right for women to terminate life or men to terminate life by paying for an abortion to happen to a woman. Let me just say this. Roe v. Wade uh, being overturned uh, is simply um, uh, justices with, I think, integrity looking at our constitution and just saying this should never have been something that we decided. Okay, and then secondly, to people that would just say, "Well, should we really decide that?" I would say, absolutely. Every law is a moral decision. Er, 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 you, you know, people go, "Well, should we legislate morality?" The answer is that's what a law is. It's a judgment on what is right and what is wrong. And so the question is, should we should we legislate morality? The question is, whose morality are we going to legislate? So I, I I just would say this is not a nuanced conversation. This is not like oh, I don't really know. You know, I don't want to impose my values on other people. Really? Are you against rape, Are you against pedophilia? Are you willing to impose your values that you live in a society that doesn't allow for rape? I mean, let's just go right down the list. Think about your words and think about what's going on. You first, You want to impose your your, your ideas about slavery and, and racial injustice on people? Because you're going to know about the character of a nation based on its laws. And I want to tell you, one of the things that's happened as you watch this initial leak of the decision that was made, and then you know ultimately the way people are responding to the decision becoming more public, you you see that this that 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 people are arguing for a right to abortion, and when you listen to how they talk about it, I mean I, I've seen the most horrible things saying like yeah tear them apart who cares destroy your baby rip that little you know thing out of your and throw it away and. Well, that doesn't represent everybody who is quote-unquote pro-choice, it ultimately is expressing the reality of what we're doing.
0: Which has been prettied up with the just, Kelly, you can speak to that, of just how masterful it feels like the issue, which is where I want to lead you next, is just, hey, like, like help us sift through the semantics. And um, would you want to speak to for a second just the language and the softening yeah, and the, think, the deceit?
2: Yeah, um, I think that... The language, I mean, the I don't even like to use pro-choice and pro-life, but um, I would say the language that the pro-choice side has used, the narrative that they have written, um, I mean, was masterfully done, right? Because it has desensitized us to what is actually happening and what's not happening and desensitized us to, I mean, our offspring, which is like, Mind-blowing, you know that we as humans—I mean, you were talking about it on a previous episode—but the fact that a mother can view their offspring as um, an evil thing that is worth getting rid of is um, outside of how God created us. You know, to love our children, there is something innate in us um, as parents that makes us want to move towards our children, not to move away from them. And so, I think just the the power of our words um, has been used well, unfortunately.
1: You're right, Kelly. So many people go, "Really? I didn't. I thought it was a, a blob of cells." Even if you go back and look at the original uh, majority decision written by Blackman in 1973, when he when he talks about what happens, is he he said, "Hey, during the first trimester, and science was what it was in 1973. It was it was a made up really differentiation." right? That, 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 uh, Henry Blackman looked at this thing and just said, Hey, the first, you know, trimester, which, you know, we, we know that babies are in utero nine months and they're not, it's really 10 months, uh, you know, because we don't know for the first month that we're even pregnant. All right. And now we see that there's a heartbeat of eight to 10 weeks and feeling comes almost immediately. And so, but he was making the case that during the first you know, trimester, yeah, no problem. Okay, second trimester, hey, maybe states, can some make laws? And then certainly in the third, you know, he, he, he created the, the idea that maybe you need to really be careful that third trimester. But that, that's just a, you need to know it was a human all along. It wasn't like it all of a sudden became human. The second that that zygote exists, that, you know, blastocyst exists, that fetus exists, that embryo exists, those are all just different stages of human development, I mean, blastocyst, embryo, teenager, toddler, young adult. Those are all different descriptors of the same thing, a human being. Okay. And so you got to ask yourself, is it ever okay to terminate the life of a human being? And then some people go, well, yeah, but that poor mom, you know, she doesn't want to be a mom. Well, okay. So does that mean when she's having a tough time with the terrible twos? She can off that child. I mean, we think that's ridiculous, right? But it's but if, if we're gonna apply logical consistency, and all I would just say um to my friends that are listening out there is we need to apply logical consistency to some of our decisions. And 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 just like it's wrong to only care about child, children in the womb and then just letting them suffer when they're out, you know, in their abject poverty or with disinterested parents. No, we need to care about those children as well. And so First of all, Roe v. Wade doesn't say it's illegal to have an abortion, right? I, I, it was amazing to me. Bill Maher, you know, uh, who's a rather well-known contemporary pundit, you know, at least had the integrity to come out not long after that initial uh, opinion uh, in its draft form was released. He said, "Listen, I, I had no idea that America has some of the least restrictive abortion laws in the world. Because I thought we were this oppressive nation. All of Europe." has more restrictive abortion laws than we do. We talk about how progressive Europe is. It turns out, really, what is true is America is more barbaric. you know. And he goes, I mean, China, North Korea, America? Hey, we the, guys,
0: those are the top three. Those are the top three That's in terms of, company.
1: of just saying uh, that you can do whatever you want to do with these children in, in the womb. Secondly, he he, he he was surprised to find out that more women were against the idea of legalized abortion than men. He goes, I thought it was men who didn't want this to happen, but he had never even really looked. But it doesn't matter if it's men or women who are against it. If it's wrong, it's wrong. It's not wrong because women are against it. Okay. It's wrong because it's wrong. Yeah.
2: And I think the reason as a ministry um, we wanted to address this is just because um, in all things I've stated this on other podcasts, but our heart really is to educate and equip people so they can make make the best right decision. And so um, we often find, whether it's a family that we're serving or just people in the community that we're talking about um, this topic with, most people don't understand what the procedure of abortion is. They don't understand the science behind when life begins. And so for us, our heart is just to um, hopefully pose some, uh, thoughts that make you go, Hmm, maybe I will go and do a little more research to educate myself on uh, what is and isn't happening. Um, so I can form a more educated decision. Um, and then I think also from just a biblical perspective as believers, um, what would you say to people who maybe feel like, Hey, this feels just like a complicated nuanced situation. And so I just don't feel comfortable um, addressing it or speaking to it, even though I might speak on all the other political social issues that have been going on in our day. But this one, I'm going to choose not to um, be willing to enter into dialogue about.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I would ask what they mean by complicated. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean that you might say something that's going to make people lash out at you? You know, all that's required, Edmund Burke said, for for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And one of the ways to not have a problem with evil is to go along with evil. But I'm going to tell you, evil is going to complicate your life. And so sometimes when people say, well, it's complicated. Yeah, we can talk about all the uh, unique issues that are out there. Like what about, you know, uh, abortion and the instances of rape? Okay. You know, one of the ways to deal with a wrong is not to do wrong to somebody else, but, but let's, let's throw out even the 1% of pregnancies that we're talking about when you talk about incest and rape. Okay. Um, and just go, let's just deal with the other 99% just for a second. I'm, and by the way, I'm not surrendering that 1% ground, but, but what I would just say, you know, it's complicated when you start to stand for something that a world that is either not thought all the way through it or the world that is just flat out in rebellion to what's best. Okay. Because, Listen, the South, during the slave trade, was pretty committed to doing what they wanted to do, and it was complicated to speak up for the rights of slaves in the 1800s. It was complicated to speak up for the rights of blacks in the 1960s, but I want to tell you something. It was the right thing to do, and you ought to go ahead and complicate your life if you're an individual, especially uh, with any conviction, Okay, because uh, that's your privilege, that's your job. Uh, And it's going to be sometimes expensive, but it's going to be uh, uh, something that when you look back on, you're going to find out that if we don't do what we're supposed to do, it's even more expensive for our society. So yeah, I would tell you, go ahead and complicate your life. It's really, if you look at it, it's not as hard as you think. What's hard is that truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. And the truth is that's human life. Human life is worth protecting and you want to be that individual that, uh, that was willing to, in a compassionate way, maintain clarity and conviction when everybody else is abandoning that.
2: Element of like the, the nuance or the complication, um, the life-limiting diagnosis is one of those scenarios that's thrown in there. Uh, rape, incest, life-limiting diagnosis. And so I, I think um, people feel like we can't say, hey, no, abortion is wrong and simultaneously acknowledge the issues within our society of like, hey, yeah, single moms do need more support, or a family who receives a life-limiting diagnosis does need more support, or maybe more people in our country should be open to foster care or adoption. Like there are real systemic issues that are happening that we can acknowledge while still saying, but that doesn't make abortion okay. And I I think that people really – struggle with that. Um, as a ministry, what we've seen is that support really does change stories. And so in um, whether you're talking about the 1% or you're talking about the 99 that are in maybe a difficult situation or a season where they weren't expecting to be pregnant, um, what we always encourage all people, but specifically believers is just like, Hey, what are you doing to engage in the conversation to be a part of the solution? Because we can point out the problem all day long. Um, but that still doesn't mean that abortion is right just because there are problems with the system that we are operating within. And so we just encourage people, whether, um, that's, Supporting and uh, investing in a ministry like Able Speaks or um, a million other opportunities out there, uh, whether that's foster care adoption um, or a myriad of other options to really engage in um, being a part of the solution and not only talking about the problems and the issues that you're seeing.
0: Hey friends, thanks for listening in. We hope this content has been helpful. At Able Speaks, we exist to support families who have chosen to carry a child with a life-limiting diagnosis. And we want you to know that the foundation of that support is rooted in relationships. And so if you are a parent in this circumstance, then by all means, continue listening in. But we'd really encourage you to reach out by sending an email to support at ablespeaks.org. Again, our heartfelt prayer is that this episode has served you in some way and that we might have the opportunity to serve you further in the future. The Able Speaks podcast is produced, mixed, and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose.